Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Meetings Today podcast. I'm Lori Tenney, Director of Strategic Content, and today we're joined by my good friend and colleague, Lee Papa. She is an internationally recognized and award-winning mindfulness and meditation speaker and trainer for the meetings and events, hospitality, and travel industries, as well as an author. She resides in the incredible city of Las Vegas, Nevada. She has a thriving coaching practice that focuses on individual life challenges. She's owned and operated a 6,000-square-foot wellness center supporting tens of thousands prior to wellness even being on the corporate radar. Lee brought mindfulness training to the meetings industry with her keynote, How to Live and Lead Mindfully, and her signature Mindfulness Lounge, all of which won her one of the prestigious spots on our very own Meetings Today's 22 Luminaries and Trendsetters list for 2017. She's also been featured in several of our In Balance, Meet Well, Live Well, Be Well wellness sections. And Lee's messages include some of the following, nourish yourself mindfully, give from the overflow, and stress is not a badge of honor, one of my personal favorites. So through these efforts, Lee has reached tens of thousands and is on a mission to support mindful meetings and provide wellness globally. So today, we're going to be discussing mindfulness and meditation, both demystifying it and focusing on the benefits of it, particularly for busy uh, meeting professionals striving to create a balance in their lives, as well as professionals overall. We'll be talking about topics such as Lee's continuing success with her work in meetings, events, and the overall corporate world with her mindfulness lounge and customized programs, and overall how you can apply this knowledge to both your personal and professional lives. So to start, Lee, we'd love to get a little bit about your background um, and how you got started in mindfulness and meditation. Perfect. Well, first, thank you so much, Lori. Thank you for having me and meetings today. Um, I'm a big fan. So <laughs> thank you for taking the time with me today. Um, sure. As far as uh, my background, I mean, wellness has always been on my radar because uh, growing up, that was something that my my mother um, taught me. She was always uh, into more holistic approaches to wellness. So that was already part of who I am. And then um, in 2008, I actually had a near-death experience that changed the trajectory of my life and my understanding. So I opened a small wellness center in 2009, um, just two small rooms and an executive suite. And then over a period of six years, that uh, grew to 6,000 square feet with a cafe and event space. And that's where we did, you know, over that period of time, we did over 4,000 classes. And, um, and like you said, you know, tens of thousands of people came through. Um, in 2014 is when I was contacted by IMEX, IMEX America, and I was referred as a wellness expert and they were interested in having a small breakout, uh, you know, kind of a campfire situation that they do, which I love, uh, on wellness. And it sounded fun. And I jumped on it and just knew immediately that I was back in love with this industry. I actually started my career many, many moons ago in hospitality. And, um, and I had forgotten how much I loved the industry. And, um, and I watched a lot and took it all in. And I saw while this group of people, this industry wears stress like a badge of honor and 
how many people I would be able to impact positively, not only them individually, but then they would lead by example within the, the industry um, and globally. So I saw it as an opportunity to really make significant change in the world. And that's when I ended up closing my center and uh, 2015 is when I uh, did the keynote for MPI at IMAX. For MPI Monday. Smart yes. Monday, correct? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. And for for those of you who don't know what IMEX is, I'm sure most of you do, but IMEX is the largest event for meeting and event professionals as well as hospitality professionals, and it attracts thousands of people to Las Vegas every fall, and they also have a uh, version in Frankfurt, Germany. So and I think it's up to like 14,000 or something. It's a right. number. And so with that experience, first off at your session for IMEX 2014 with the fireside chat type of session, with that experience, you cultivated new messages that you wanted to take globally. And then that led to the IMEX 2015 keynote, how to live and lead mindfully. What yes. was the reaction from people with that? Uh, very positive. Um, you know, I think that at that time, it was, well, I know it, it, was, it was a very new concept, although mindfulness is not new by any stretch of the imagination, but as far as it becoming mainstream, it was new. And uh, one of the things I love about IMAX is that they are forward thinkers and they really wanted to move their, uh, their conference expo event uh, in, in the direction of wellness and, um, and were ready to you know, step forward in it and um, an MPI, supporting that as well. Uh, and so it was exciting to see the looks on everyone's faces because I think a lot of times you have a preconceived notion of what mindfulness is or people think it's woo-woo or um, that it's not for them or it's um, religious or, you know, so they have these uh, preconceived notions that, um, that block them. And my keynote has a lot of humor in it and it's interactive and I get the audience involved and, um, and they have fun and I give them the tools so they walk away with, um, you know, like the cancel clear tool. And we joke about it because, you know, it's, it's relating to uh, being aware of the thoughts that you're having and the way that you're speaking not only to yourself but to others and how you become mindfully aware of those patterns that are blocking you or less than optimal and then you use this uh, term cancel clear and then rephrase it. And at the end, um, that's one of the takeaways that everybody loves. And you'll hear it being murmured throughout the event. <laughs> People are cancel clearing themselves and others, and, and it becomes just a fun little thing. Um, so the mm -hmm. feedback was really positive. And then to bring that onto having a mindfulness lounge is the one-two punch. So they hear it, they understand it, they are no longer um, you know, um, resistant and then they come and have the experience. Right. And so aside from the keynote, you started the Mindfulness Lounge. What year did that begin at IMAX? Was it 2015? Uh, 2016. 2015. No, 2015. And, um, 2015. And still, um, and their concept um, was they, um, if I recall correctly, that mindfulness was not a word that they really wanted to use for the lounge. I think that they um, still, you know, we planned this before we had the experience of the keynote, so we didn't know. 
and um, and so they wanted to use the Be Well Lounge, and that's you know that's their brand. Um, the mindfulness lounges, my concept. So basically, I uh, I brought the the structure into the Be Well Lounge, and and it was big success. And and they had the forethought to say, you know, this is something that will develop over time, which it does. It's not a one off and done. It's something that is becomes the foundation. Uh, to the wellness initiative within your meetings and events. Right. And that's where I first met you in 2016. I met Lee, happened to walk into the Mindfulness Lounge from the craziness of the IMEX trade show floor where I had probably 20 appointments set up for that day. And I can't tell you the immediate sense of calm that came over me once I met Lee and was surrounded by this amazing energy. So Lee taught me how to meditate in the proper way. And ever since I've been walking into that mindfulness lounge and seeing her at other conferences, but Lee, could you go over just a little bit about the mindfulness lounge, explain the concept, how it's evolved for you? Sure. I know you've made some changes to it over the past year or two, and it's just a beautiful tapestry of things when you walk in now, which includes the meditations as as well as the design. So if you could just touch on those for a little bit. Um, Well, the foundation of the Mindfulness Lounge has always been the same, which is to offer um, uh, training, short trainings, guided relaxation, visualization, meditation, uh, uh, and then leave the attendee on their own, even for a moment or two, to have an experience of quiet in their own journey and then bring them out, ground them into, um, you know, this time. And, uh, and then send them on their way. So they're small, short uh, sequences. The first one of the day is the first session that would, you know, would happen because we really look at the Mindfulness Lounge as uh, part of the educational program. It's not a nice to have, it's actually part of the education. And, um, and so we, we typically do that. That could be seven, 7.30, eight o'clock in the morning for a 30 minute session, which allows for a foundational training about mindfulness and what to expect. Um, and then we move into that period of the, uh, the guided relaxation meditation. And then the remaining ones of the day are typically 20 minutes. Um, I've had a client actually uh, ask me if I could do a 10 minute one, which I did. And it was accomplished successfully, but it is not optimal to go really um, less than I can even do 15 minutes, but 20 minutes is the most optimal. And then I offer up to eight a day. And the idea and the concept is so that um, once you've had that experience, you can continue to come back time and time again. So what happens is the first day, people are kind of dipping their toe in having an experience. And when they have the experience, you know, it's caught them because I could teach all day long and tell you all the techniques, but until you have the experience to be able to quiet the mind, uh, it's always just gonna be concept. But it literally changes your whole perspective, the way that you lead your life when you have the experience. And that's why so many people say, you know, this changed my life because um, they came to the lounge. And if someone would say to me, oh, well, I have this amount of budget, you want to do keynote or do you want to do a mindfulness lounge? hundred times I will say do a mindfulness lounge. I may work harder and work over more days. Um, and it's not, you know, maybe is, um, uh, you know, 
being a speaker, you know, that's always such a, something that uh, people like. Uh, but the training is where I get to see the experience on people's faces and have them come back and say, you know, this changed my life, or I never thought that I could quiet the mind. Um, you know, that kind of that kind of testimonial. Um, right. And so, I'd also just to love love to add that it's a, a sanctuary to walk in and sit on those couches and listen to the waterfalls and see the Buddhas. It's so, just a wonderful place to escape from a busy conference that I think we all need. Well, you brought me back to your actual question because I can start to go on a, on, <laughs> down in a different avenue. But um, so the lounge itself is broken into two, two spaces. The actual lounge, which is where you enter and immediately you feel the energy of the space. Um, everything is uh, thoughtfully chosen. So the decor, there are specific things that we look to for the decor, up lighting in blues and purples, a dimming of the lights, a water feature, mm -hmm. lounge type chairs. Um, and depending on the, the space that you have to work with, that can be a smaller space or equally the same as then you move into the separate room that is combined um, or attached, and that is the meditation portion. And we have, uh, we start with 20 chairs in a circle, and then mats and cushions along the perimeter. And, uh, and then we, depending on the number of attendees and which year we're at with doing the lounge, uh, we have additional chairs on reserve. And, um, and that, that is the home run. That's the, the one that has been developed over time successfully. Perfect. So before we get into a little bit more about the Mindfulness Lounge and how, you know, people can actually work with you to develop one or to bring it into their conference, I'd love to talk about meditation and mindfulness. So it's obviously a trending topic over the past several years. Every time we walk into places like Whole Foods, there seems to be another magazine on mindfulness and meditation. I'd love to try to demystify it. So many people... They see this and they, if they've never experienced it or tried meditation or know what mindfulness is, they want to know what, what is it exactly? Sure. And it's, it's interesting that you're saying that about the, the magazines in the grocery store because um, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You can go to the grocery store and see even mindful mayonnaise or mindful pistachios. I mean, that term has been so overused that it's almost diluting the value. So the positive part is that no longer is it fringe. So people that would think that it was a fringy thing to do, um, you know, no longer have that and that are more open, but it's also kind of been diluted. Um, mm -hmm. So mindfulness at its simplest form equals awareness, awareness of your thoughts and your actions and the world around you in non-judgment. So that in itself is you could just say mindfulness equals awareness. So it's mm -hmm. a very broad practice. And the way that I teach it, um, you know, I, I, it goes beyond that. It's, you know, mindfulness training that goes far beyond the mind. Because I bring in mind, body, and spirit into that uh, training. But in its simplest form, mindfulness equals awareness in non-judgment. So you can see how that could be a practice for the rest of your life, and that would be a very noble practice, right? Um, right. Who, who and, do we... and so you, 
sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, who do we judge the most? We judge ourselves the most. So we start right. with us as the individual, always. And then as we shift ourselves and we shift the mind and the body changes and, and we're making better choices, then it is a ripple effect into um, you know, the people that we hang out with, the, our, the clients, our companies, our organizations, our events, and that's how things uh, ripple out. But we, we need to start with us first. So meditation is a part of mindfulness, and often they get uh, you know, conjoined or you know, they think, people think that it's one and the same. It's a little tricky when there is a specific mindful meditation. So a mindfulness-based meditation is about bringing your awareness to your body. You can go to different body parts, which I um, add to my relaxation portion of the uh, guided meditation. Um, but that's more of the, uh, that's the mindfulness-based meditation. So bringing your awareness to the body and non-judgment. Um, but there are many, many, many forms of meditation. And I find right. that beginners... Uh, guided meditation, and I found it for myself when I couldn't quiet the monkey mind, the mind chatter, that guided meditation is uh, is the thing that really uh, allows people to have an experience to quiet the mind. Right. Great. And so your messages are are so profound. <laughs> some of them, I mean, you call them mantras, I would say, right? Um, if we could go over some of those and, and talk about what they, they mean from more of an expansive point of view? Well, um, you know, I, I, you know, I consider them messages and uh, tools for people to use because whether it's a, an affirmation or a mantra, um, it supports them in shifting the mindset and um, allowing for more of that uh, mindful awareness and non-judgment. Um, so one of them is, is uh, you know, that stress is not a badge of honor, nor is it a requirement to get the job done. And I feel that uh, that came directly from witnessing the meetings and events industry. And uh, I kind of was stepping back in that mindful observer position and just listening and uh, engaging. And it just felt like, well, it's not only meetings and events, but it's every stressful uh, industry that um, doesn't give themselves permission to have self-care and really self-love first um, before we're right. constantly looking outside of ourselves to push, 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 push. And, um, and so, you know, what happens? We know that stress is a killer, right? That's, that's not new. Um, so the body shuts down. You either, it affects you emotionally, mentally, physically, and that contrast is the teacher that is saying, hey, something's seriously wrong here. And um, I, see, I think that it's more of like a virus in our system. So we're, we're like a computer, our brains, our bodies, we're in this computer. And, um, and we've been trained a certain way and we've been programmed a certain way to think that, has, that is wrong. And I find that it's a virus in our system. So we have to clean that up and reset uh, the system so that we're moving in the right direction. And that's through right. self-love, self-care, and then we move into self-mastery. Excellent. And I know one of the most amazing things you've ever said to me is that contrast is the best teacher of all. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. 
And when you're in mindful uh, awareness and mindful practice, in time, you will look at that contrast for the amazing messenger that it is. And no longer are you, you know, panicked or resistant. I'll just give you an example. So you are in mindful practice and things will shift once you step into this new way of being. And um, there's nothing more constant than change. It's a universal law. So it, things have to change. But we as humans like things to stay the same, even though we're miserable. Um, so we uh, start on our mindfulness practice and we begin meditating and things start to shift around us because our frequency has changed. And, um, and so things start to fall away. And let's say you get fired. And what's the first thing? Panic, right? Panic and that you start, uh, you know, all the judgment. What have I done wrong? I can't lose this job, blah, 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 blah. So we start in all of this loop of the way that we talk to ourselves and we start grasping to hold on to something that just may not be viable or optimal for you. And I guarantee that it's not optimal because it wouldn't have moved away from you while you had begun your practice if it was still in alignment because you begin to raise your frequency up a, let's say, a vibrational scale. Um, and so when you are the participant in your life, meaning not the mindful observer, but in the tornado of your life, then you can't see the forest of the trees. And I'm mixing analogies here, but um, if you can step outside of yourself and be that mindful observer and say, oh, I see, I just lost my job. Thank you, universe. Thank you. Because now something is coming that is in much better alignment for me. Does that right. make sense? Yes. Okay. Great example. Yeah, or, you know, relationships break up or uh, something gets canceled and our training, our virus is the resistance, is the fear. And so we, you know, we get caught up in that participant tornado instead of being the observer, taking a nice deep breath and going, oh, this is fantastic that that canceled or that that person moved away from me because that means that no longer am, are we in alignment. And it's not about right. good or bad. It's not that that person's good or that job's good or that one's bad. It's about what's in alignment for you. And when you take full responsibility for your own frequency, we're vibrational beings. So you take full responsibility for that. You, you know, start to have a love affair with who you are. And we don't typically uh, give ourselves any time to do that. And you do that through self-observation. Right doing the work, and I use that in air quotes, the work, which is, you know, mindful awareness, non-judgment, uh, you know, practice, meditation. Right. So these are all great points, and they apply to everyone, really. We're not just talking about meeting professionals here. We're talking about all professionals, everyone in general. Absolutely. How do you everyone. think this is, yeah, how do you, it, it, you know, we see increasingly in the corporate world, um, you know, trying to incorporate a work-life balance or, you know, whether you're starting a business, running one, or working for one, it in seems increasingly important to be, be aware and present and to have basically a mission that supports a work-life balance. How do you see this applying to that? Um, well, I teach that work-life balance is a misnomer, that that, that um, is not possible. 
because what mm -hmm. happens is that you can visualize the teeter-totter that you are you're always seeking something that that uh, equilibrium that you know that medium space but um, your your job is you know you have to hit a deadline and so you're more uh, in tune to your job and then you know you're higher on the teeter-totter and then the home life or your personal life um, you know, gets very little attention um, when you think of it more as an integration of life with mindfulness practice as the core of who you are then it's a more fluid uh, experience your your life just becomes more fluid so some days um, you know it could be the same experience where you're hitting a deadline and so you have to put more effort into the professional life um, or you have to get a contract out or do an event or you know, whatever that is um, your focus may be more there but that doesn't mean that your personal life uh, is non-existent when you come from a place of mindful practice because that is the strength of everything so think of mm -hmm. it more as a as an integration of your life the, most of the times, I don't even know what day it is, like whether it's a weekend or, <laughs> or it's during the week, because I created a life um, that, that I, I wanted freedom and flexibility. And, um, and my core practice is of the highest, uh, my highest attention. So my right. well-being, mind, body, spirit. And then that way I can be the best uh, expression of myself so that I can support more people than I could if I left me for last. Right. So do you see companies accepting mindfulness more? Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's, um, you know, I, I, one of the reasons I love the meetings and events industry is because uh, you are, and I, I say really we, that we are able to shift minds by being the example. I've had many people say to me, I really love what you're doing and I've experienced it and I want to bring it into my industry or I want to bring it into my association or my company or whatever. Um, and, uh, but my boss or the higher ops um, don't get it. They're resistant. You know, what do I do? How can I do it? And um, typically I'll say, um, just lead by example because things will shift around you without having to change someone's mind. Just be and practice yourself and things will shift. And they are, I mean, it's, it's incredible how much change has come in the industry and really worldwide uh, in this practice over the last several years. Um, so companies are, uh, are jumping on more, they're having it, they understand the value, um, all the benefits, um, and it usually comes when someone at a senior level has had the experience and um, has started the practice. Um, right. Or, you know, in the meetings industry, someone, a meeting planner or someone who, had, uh, or one of the hotels has come in and had an experience, um, whether it was with me or just an experience on their own and understands because you truly can't understand until you have the experience. Right. And as far as the meditation lounge, can you describe sort of the types of people who've experienced the lounge and the meditations and just sort of the overall reaction over the years? You mean humans? <laughs> describe yeah. the people? <laughs> um, exactly. Like, um, are you talking about attendees or meeting planners? Right. So it, it's, 
basically been a huge range of people. It's, it's meeting attendees, it's hospitality professionals, it's conference attendees for associations. Yes. It's basically across the spectrum. Correct? Absolutely, yes. So this isn't, um, this information isn't specific to any demographic. Um, right. and, and it's also not specific to uh, a demographic of people that believe in mindfulness or practice mindfulness. But what it does is it's, um, it's open and accessible to beginners and those who are in practice alike. So unlike, right. let's say, a yoga offering um, where people that are, you know, practicing yoga and who love it, love having that uh, offering, um, those who are new to yoga typically won't go. But having a mindfulness lounge and having these offerings that are so digestible in short pieces um, and, you know, having, having a facilitator who knows how to navigate getting them there to the, to the, um, really the self-awareness, then they're having an experience, whether it's a beginner, you know, it's a, it's a meeting planner, or it's a, you know, attendee of a meeting or event, uh, or an association or hospitality or travel. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Everyone's the same. Right. So it's a really great diversity offering. <laughs> right. And I, so you've been at IMAX mm -hmm. since 2015. You were just for the first time at MPI World Education Congress yes. in Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk a little bit about how your business has truly expanded over the past year or two? I'm not sure if you can give some examples of actual conferences where you've brought the meditation lounge or maybe just some numbers. Sure. Um, well, uh, the industry itself um, through, you know, the inaugural uh, offering with IMAX. Well, this will be my sixth year with IMAX. And um, and then, like you mentioned, the WEC, although I have done private coaching with a, a key person at MPI and, um, and then did the keynote for MPI in 2015. Um, Experient Inc., um, through their E4 conference, this will be my fourth year with them. And then we expanded this year into another event that they have called Envision, uh, where they had a great sponsor, Wyndham Hotels and Resorts, and they were very happy with the, um, with the offering. And um, Marriott International, I've worked heavily with, and, um, and then I've done you know, association work uh, this year, the American Academy of Physicians Assistants. And um, the loving soul who experienced me at another event, I think it was experience that she experienced the Mindfulness Lounge, um, had such a powerful experience that she wanted to bring it to her event. And here was a case in point where she was a senior person, but, um, you know, when you have the experience, you're very excited because you know how powerful it can be. But then it's expressing that to everyone who was the decision maker. But she really went to bat for it. She really believed in it and knew that uh, her attendees, physicians assistants, you know, a lot of them are in school and, um, and they're, they're wellness providers, they're um, health providers, and they really need this information and this practice. So um, I went to Denver in May and they have 7,000 attendees. And, you know, we, we talked about expectation. I said, you know, the first year, 
um, you know, we'll, I'll be very happy if, you know, we have a half a dozen people, a dozen people, 20 people in the room on a consistent basis. And um, by, let's see, the first day and maybe half the day or three quarters of the way through, we were filling the room. And um, by the second day, we had uh, 100 people. They were taking cushions off of the lounge couches and moving them into the meditation area. They were sitting on the floor with no cushion. They were sitting up against the wall. We had to turn away 10, 20 more people um, because we just couldn't fit anybody else in. Um, so what happens is it kind of spreads throughout that, oh, I had this experience, and then people keep coming back, and then word of mouth, and then it expands. Plus, their marketing was phenomenal. Um, they hired me on the spot for next year, uh, for 2020. And, um, and so that was a very powerful experience. So the associations, um, you know, depending on what it is that your attendees are, or excuse me, what the association uh, industry is, um, you know, it's a very strong fit. Um, I've done work with uh, other organizations. There's uh, BioVentus that is a medical uh, equipment-based company. Um, there are salespeople. And salespeople, you know, have a lot of deadlines, have a lot of numbers to hit, goals, stressful industry. I seem to specialize in stressful industries. And, uh, and I did uh, breakout, two-hour breakouts and, uh, and was full, completely full, over 100 people there. Um, so did you want more? <laughs> no, that's wonderful. Well, you know, upcoming I'm happy is for, your, uh, for your success. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy uh, as well because I know that as this expands, more and more people are shifting consciousness. Then uh, they're moving into a place where they're making better choices for themselves in their life with more ease and grace. Um, they're becoming healthier. And, um, and then again, they'll lead by example. So we're, we're shifting in a big way and I can see it exponentially over the years. Um, there's a, a gal that I met who I wrote a, an article for MPI this year and she saw the article and contacted me and I got on the phone with her immediately and she's a meeting planner for the Northwest event, um, show in Seattle. And, um, and we just started, you know, talking she's like this is you know what i believe in and we just had an extraordinary connection and um and now i'm doing the northwest event show so you know people will be drawn to you with more ease and grace and that are, that are in alignment we don't really need to be grasping and pushing against things that are resistant but to really embrace and be in the flow lightly right wonderful point so I have to ask, what have been some of the most rewarding experiences for you from the Mindfulness Lounge? Um, great question, Lori. Um, and, and I have to say, each one is so rewarding. I, I truly, um, authentically, transparently love what I do. And I feel so lucky to be able to do this work and um, and to be a support to those who um, are open and ready to move into this practice. So the most rewarding thing um, are when I'm in a mindfulness lounge and I watch the people around me uh, quiet the mind, where they start out and they're twitching and they're moving and they're 
you may be uh, nervously laughing or chatting or, you know, and within a very short period of time, within 10 minutes, silence. Uh, the body's not moving. I can, I can tell that the person is in a mindful state, is in a meditative state. Um, and then when we come out and they look at me and they don't want to leave the room and they're like, wow, <laughs> that's powerful. And, um, and I'm just you know, so grateful for it. Um, you know, some of the, the more um, uh, less subtle um, rewarding things are when people send me testimonials that are profound or, um, you know, I walked down uh, the aisle last year. I uh, was grabbing something to eat at E4 and a, um, a gentleman who had been in my class prior, the pr year prior, uh, yells out, Lee, Papa, you changed my life. <laughs> and it was embarrassing, <laughs> but lovely. <laughs> and, um, you know, kind of came back, I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, you know, I, I cannot tell you how this has shifted me personally, professionally. Um, and I'm, I, I, I say that I'm not the best marketer because you know, I have so many friends that say, oh, you, know, you were in that, that article or what did you do with that article or that interview or whatever, and I forget to upload them. <laughs> but right. I said to him, I said, would you mind doing a little video? And he did a little testimonial video for me, and, um, and that lights me up. You know, he said, I'm not angry anymore. I used to be far more angry and better with my kids. I'm like, you know, you just went on to all these things. I'm like, that lounge, people don't realize when they're hiring me to do the mindfulness lounge, they are changing lives. So they right. may be thinking, oh, this is a nice thing to have. People are talking about mindfulness or meditation or I really believe in it. It's nice. But it drills down to giving people tools that last a lifetime. So it's not something that's going to wear out or you're going to consume. It's a gift that is, you know, they, that they're having an experience that starts to change that program within themselves. And when they activate that program and start like yourself, you have a meditation practice. That, right. You can't put a price on that. I can certainly relate to that because you got me started on meditation. And I'll never forget when I first walked into that meditation lounge or the mindfulness lounge. So for those of us who have been meditating for a while or anyone wishing to start, we have all these different types of meditation, breath awareness, body scan, walking meditation, loving kindness meditation. What would you say are just some of the key principles for starting and, and starting to build a meditation practice, meditation and mindfulness practice, if you were gonna pick three? Oh, um, well, I'm just going to free flow. So, um, sure. I would say the first thing to do is give yourself permission. So what I, I teach in the mindfulness lounge is I say there are three main reasons why people don't meditate. They say that they don't have enough time, um, or they think that they can't quiet the monkey mind. So I shouldn't just, I shouldn't try. Um, and the third one is they think they're not doing it right. So give yourself permission to have whatever experience it is. I remember when I was first beginning and uh, my monkey mind, you know, type A personality monkey mind is certainly not who I am today. Um, it always makes me laugh when you or someone says, oh, I walked in and I met Lee and, and I just was instantly relaxed. And I'm like, that wasn't me, <laughs> you know, 
10 years ago. Um, so it does change you. And, um, and so those are the reasons or those are kind of the things that people tell themselves why they can't. So the first one I would say is just give yourself permission to have an experience, whatever that experience is. Then um, to do a meditation that resonates with you. In other words, if walking meditation resonates with you, go in that direction. If uh, mindful awareness, mindfulness-based awareness meditation, go for that. If um, sitting quietly and um, with your pet, you know, your cat or your dog and just lose time with just being present in that moment, that's actually a meditation. Um, in non-judgment, non-resistance, just being present. I find that the guided meditations, like I said earlier, are the most powerful for beginners. Um, you know, I have this, um, come on this international meditation app called Insight Timer. I love this app. It's a powerful tool. It's free, free, free. And uh, you have access to every kind of meditation imaginable. So start perusing and get comfortable with your inner knowing. Allow yourself to not be in the head about, oh, which one should I do? But move down into the heart, into the inner knowing of what resonates with me. It's not about good or bad. It's what resonates with me. And then give yourself permission to have whatever experience. Be quiet the mind for 30 seconds. Celebrate that. Um, I was told early on when I was beginning my practice that I had to meditate for 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night, um, quietly or doing a mantra. And I had an experience. It was lovely. But then I got back home and I was like, that's never going to happen. I wasn't going to give myself permission to have 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night. because um, I, I couldn't possibly, in my mind, quiet myself for that long. So what I learned over time is that it doesn't really need to be 30 minutes, that uh, we celebrate whatever amount of time it is. And I find that even 10 minutes, if you can commit to 10 minutes every morning, that you will start your day in such a profound way that you'll want to do it at night. You'll want to do it the next morning. But it's more about consistency than the length of time or the type of so did I give you three points? Yes, <laughs> I think you gave me a few more. <laughs> All fantastic points, by the way. And in terms of uh, resources, you mentioned Insight Timer, one of my favorites. I use other apps as well, but I know you have several meditations on there, including the Chakra Cleansing Meditation, which is one of my favorites. What else would you recommend in terms of resources? Well, um, there's so many out there. Um, I can give you the resources that I offer, um, which is sure. the um, the Roadmap to Living Mindfully, Understanding Self-Love, Self-Care, and Self-Mastery, which is a free downloadable book. And you can get that at uh, Live Mindfully, and that's L-I-V-E-M-I-N-D-F-U-L-M-L-E-E.com. And, um, and then that will, once you download that book, it will bring you to an offering called A Year of Living, of Living, Living A Year of Living uh, Mindfully. And that is uh, basically what I do during the sessions. Um, I'm kind of known for the short guided meditations and, um, and the snippets of trainings. So it's a 30 minute video. It was a webinar uh, 
and you have access to it either dripping it to you each week or you can access all of them at one time um, for as little as nine dollars a month so uh, it is a 30-minute video where you'll have a 10-minute training and then a guided meditation and then that will lead you to my foundational program which is mindful makeovers and i'm extremely proud of this program i developed it when i closed my center because so many people were asking me now what do i do like i come here all the time what am i going to do where am i going to get my information and the first thing that i said is well you're going to go within because you are your greatest teacher and um and then i you know started developing what it is that i was teaching and what i learned over those six years at uh, the wellness center and uh, developed this program called Mindful Makeovers. Um, and then, you know, I offer private coaching on top of that through Zoom platform. Um, so those are the, you know, the offerings that I have. And then, of course, the that's for your private practice. And, of course, the, the um, meetings and events industry, the mindfulness lounge and speaking and trainings. Right. Which yeah. we should point out is available for events of all sizes from intimate 30-person conferences to conventions with thousands of delegates. And you can look for it at IMAX America 2019 in Las Vegas, September 10th through 12th as well. Yeah, and the Northwest event uh, show in Seattle in November, uh, if you're in that neck of the woods. It's awesome. Great. Um, you know, and, and I find, um, depending on what the person is dealing with, whatever, whether it's a physical dis-ease in the body or an emotional or mental or spiritual, um, you know, people are seeking relief. And, and I really saw that within uh, the center that I had, whether it was my private clients or students, people were seeking relief. And meditation and mindfulness training is that foundational piece that soothes that and then allows you uh, really to make better choices in your life, mind, mind, body, and spirit. And it's important to know that although we're doing the mindfulness practice as our foundation, it's gonna bleed into the mind, body, and spirit. So we're gonna to look towards nutrition, we're gonna to look towards exercise. Um, you know, it's that whole integration that I was talking about. And just great books that, uh, you know, you can get on Amazon. Like, um, uh, one of the ones that I really love that is kind of was an aha moment for me is, um, of course, it's now escaping me. Uh, Hidden Messages in Water by Dr. Emoto. And I'm sure we've talked about it before, but that little book was such a powerful aha about our words and the power of our words in creating our realities. So I highly recommend that one. Perfect. You can also check out our latest In Balance Wellness section because Lee has a mindful conference survival guide that I've developed with her input, nine self-care tips to maintain your sanity and ensure a rewarding experience at your conferences. And as we all know, the busy conference season is in full swing. So Lee, your knowledge and advice is always so insightful and inspiring. I think it's time for an afternoon meditation of gratitude. Oh, thank you Not so right much. Now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> when, when we all hang up. Yeah, go to Insight Timer and find one. Um, exactly. So, Lori, thank you well, so thank much you. for gratitude. It is, uh, it is a powerful creator gratitude. And it, um, it becomes 
when you use gratitude as um, kind of the fertilizer for your dreams, it is amazing how much more comes to you. So thank you so much for all you do for the industry and who you are as a person. Um, I'm deeply grateful for our friendship and for our pro professional connection. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lee. I truly appreciate that. Okay, you can check out more Meetings Today podcasts at meetingstoday.com. We'll sign up for today in gratitude. Thank you.